welcome to the Fracture Line, the official weekly news feed from the Chest Wall Injury Society, where we will listen to all the bottom line CWIS updates, shoutouts, fun facts, and weekly banner. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Crisco, and I'm joined always by Dr. Tom White, Dr. Adam Kay, and Sarah Ann Whitbeck. Welcome back to Fracture Line, everybody. Today we're very excited to have on Joe Forrester. Joe, I know we don't need an introduction from you, but there's a lot of new listeners nowadays because we're so popular. So why don't you give us a little bit of background about yourself and where you're practicing? Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, my name is uh, Joe Forrester. I'm a trauma critical care surgeon at Stanford. Uh, I run our uh, chest wall injury center and then I'm the associate trauma medical director. Joe, you do more than that. I don't, that, that was quick. I don't think he can stop with his bio there. He yeah. has um, <laughs> climbed up mountains other people haven't climbed. I, I do, a fair, do a fair bit of rock climbing when I can. Played a lot of ribs, have two daughters. I think that kind of rounds out the CV. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, today we're, we're all about talking about CWIS educational opportunities. Um, so why don't you uh, start us off here, Joe? What, what are some of our opportunities here that, that our members are, should be a part of and need to know about? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Mark. We have four great categories of educational opportunities, basically something uh, every week of the year. Uh, so we have the CWIS uh, case review series, which is an online forum where uh, two to three CWIS members present cases uh, and then get commentary from uh, viewers. Uh, we found this to be a pretty exciting and useful educational offering. And we have all of the case review series uh, digitally archived so people can go back and, and look at past ones. Uh, then we then have the CWIS podcast series, which includes Fracture Line, Ribcast, and the Riblets. Uh, and these are, as you know well, the audio uh, offerings for the for CWIS and, and the education community. We then have the CWIS webinars uh, as well as the CWIS Journal Club series. So basically, uh, any week out of month out of the year, you can get your educational taste buds satisfied with CWIS educational offerings. We can get that learning real good. <laughs> so lately I've had a lot of couple of emails forwarded to me as I'm membership chairman reaching out to new members and whatnot. What's the best way to, for them to find out, you know, when and where all these offerings are taking place other than of course this podcast which we do announce them all the time. But how how are these people going to find out when these are all happening? There's a couple of places. So first these are promoted on Slack. So before the uh, case review series, a blast goes out on Slack. Before the journal clubs, blast goes out on Slack. Uh, and then uh, as part of the CWIS 30-second newsletter, uh, all of the educational offerings are listed. And then we also have them listed on the website. So there's a lot of different places where you can find out uh, what's uh, hot, new, and coming up on the uh, education forum. And Twitter. And yes. Twitter. Yes, we love to tweet. When is the, um, the non-engineering case review series happening? Yeah, have we made? Have we planned a date yet for that? Uh, we don't have a date. Uh, we need some additional cases. So if you have additional non-engineerians, uh, we'd love to have them all presented at a, a single case review series. So or greater yeah. or, or centarians also, right? We're okay with centarians. So, yeah. I think yeah, non-engineerian or greater. Okay. I believe yeah. it's centenarians. I think centenarians are Roman soldiers. Oh, okay. <laughs> check. Your a Latin. centenarian is a person who's reached the age of 100. Okay. Okay. You got that cleared out. <laughs> well, important to be accurate. Absolutely. Always. Well, we got the good Dr. Forrester on the line. What else do we want to ask him? What do we want to talk about? Well, Joe, what he's being quite humble. He does a lot of educational stuff. And at Stanford, they recently hosted uh, Rib Fest, which was a highly successful regional rib fixation course, which I was proud to be part of. So t tell us a little bit about Rib Fest, Joe, and how you finally pull it off. 
<laughs> yeah, thanks, Tom. Yeah, so uh, Ribfest was actually a, a brainchild of mine from back in 2019 uh, and had planned our original Ribfest in 2020, but the pandemic kind of put a stop to that. And what uh, Ribfest is, is uh, essentially a CME, day-long CME course, uh, where you learn the ins and outs of patient selection, plating, as well as uh, managing and organizing a chest wall injury center from kind of leaders in the field. The, the really cool thing uh, about RibFest is that we got buy-in from uh, the industry sponsors uh, who were willing to supply all of their instruments, plates, and screws, but without having any reps present, uh, which was a pretty incredible uh, opportunity for all the learners to get a chance to mess around with all of the different systems without having uh, uh, industry pressure there. Uh, so you really, uh, as a learner, get kind of the, the no-holds-barred thoughts from each of the instructors on each of the, on each of the various plating systems, which was kind of the first of its kind in the country. It was, I really, it was fun messing with their minds, too, by putting the, a certain screw from one company into the tray of the other company and kind of mixing up with their instruments. And that part was really fun. I got a big kick out of doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, I felt really bad for the reps afterwards who had to go through and sort all of the stuff that we did not do a very good job of uh, sorting appropriately. But it, it was incredible. Uh, it really was. All three of the major plating companies. Uh, a huge debt of gratitude uh, to them for trusting us uh, with their with their instruments. Yeah, it was terrific. Very generous of them for sure. Well, Dr. Forrester has another project running right now with our educational survey. You want to talk about that? Uh, one thing that we want to do is always get better, uh, and we put together a CUS educational activities survey to the CUS membership to try and help us get better and provide the educational uh, uh, offerings and opportunities that the CUS membership wants. So on uh, Slack and by email, we've sent out a survey. It takes uh, only about three to five minutes to fill out. and allows you to comment on each of the different educational op offerings, as well as kind of rank them in the priority that you think are most useful to you. Um, and this is really, really helpful for us as we look to planning the educational offerings of the coming years uh, for CUIS, because at the end of the day, we want to be able to give the education to the CUIS membership that they want and need. So this is really just helpful feedback for us. I want to ask you about mentors mentorship. Everybody be quiet for a minute. Let me ask my question. <laughs> so, Joe, I've been impressed with um, your the, your mentorship skills as it relates to uh, your position at Stanford and, and you have you have all these young surgeons that you've in charge of and you're mentoring obviously Jeff Choi would be an example and you know they just the quality of those well, obviously it's Stanford so you have to be pretty good to get there I, I get that part of it but how did how did you I guess what I'm trying to say is you seem too young to be a mentor in the classic sense yet you've embraced it as a young surgeon it's obviously a big part of what you do. Can you tell us a little bit how, how you fell into that and why and and why you why you do it and why you think it's important? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I mean, I think first and foremost, the reason mentorship is important is to be able to give back uh, to the next generation what it had been so freely given to me. Um, I mean, I think back to my mentors in medical school, residency, and now as an attending and. Uh, people took a lot of time and a lot of effort to, to help provide me guidance along the way, show me techniques, show me what to do, show me what not to do. And I look at it as a bit of a duty uh, and an honor for me to be able to give that back to the next generation. With surgical stabilization of rib and sternal fractures in particular, um, there's a, it's, a small, it's a smaller community right now, and there's a, there's a very strong tradition of, of mentorship. And it's 
incredible to be able to, you know, have met you, worked with you, worked with other members of CWIS, and now in a very short period of time, be able to get our fellows and our residents and our medical students similarly excited about providing optimum care for injured patients um, and be able to pass that mentorship along. So why do I do it? I don't know. It's just kind of who I am and what I love to do. Um, but it's it's an honor and a privilege to be able to, to take young, very enthusiastic uh, surgeons or soon-to-be surgeons and and show them a technique and a philosophy about managing patients that that uh, then goes on to, to help someone, you know, 10 or 15 years down the road that, you know, I will have never met. Sure. That's terrific. Great answer. Dr. Forrester, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Why don't we move on? Sarah, you got some updates for the week? Who's dinging? Who's texting I'm sorry. Someone? It's me. I, I, <laughs> it's not it's me. Been, it's it's <laughs> camps and this and that. It's crazy. All right. That's what happens when your tractor breaks yeah. down. Yeah, you yeah, need to get out on when my tractor breaks track down, with some headphones and shut oh, out I, the world. For I got, you know, I had I, one of my kids had to switch camps this week. All right, Sarah, well, let's rock I and do roll. I have a few updates. First of all, I am looking for someone within the society that deals with scapular elastofibroma. If you are that person, I have had a patient reach out. I don't know what those words mean. If you know of someone that is. I'm specifically looking for, for this patient, for someone who's an expert or skilled elastofibroma surgeon. So there you have it. Person. A fibromatologist? Is that what you need? That you need a... Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the, what I was going to say. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So... Can we be called, can we be called ribologists? Yeah, I don't see any reason why we couldn't. Because you've got these herniologists now. Like I Cos- Costologists. Costologists. Even better. Back to the Latin again. Very good. Yeah. So aside from that, when we were in Haiti and we took a plastic surgeon with us one year and he was, after circumcisions, was then, you know, fixing said um, general vicinity. And we ended up calling him a scrotologist. So I think you can be just about anything you want to be. You just decide. <laughs> I'm going to... I'm going to keep that in. Just so you know, I'm going to keep that in the podcast. I'm going to keep that shit in. I don't think Dr. Ross Blagg from Austin, Texas would care one bit if we kept that in. I mean, I wouldn't want to call him out or anything. (laughs) Actually, it wasn't circumcision, Sarah. It was the giant hydra seals. They had all that extra scrotal skin. Yes. And he would masterfully make the scrotums look beautiful and we called him the, well, the scrotologist of the stars because yes. he was a plastic surgeon we thought he had a career in hollywood for you know reconstructing scrotums make them look really nice and pretty anyway yeah. if you happen to be someone who knows something about scapular elastofibromas you need to reach out to me and i will be very very happy or this patient will be very very happy um as far as other things that are upcoming Journal Club is this coming week on Wednesday, July 13th. We actually are having Dr. Carrie Valdez speak about, or she's presenting the publication that came from our very first CWIS KLS Martin Fellowship Award. Um, So that was um, an award that was um, given to Dr. Ben Johnson when we were in Santa Fe. Um, They completed their project, wrote the the, project, manuscript, submitted it, and it's now been published. And so um, Dr. Carrie Valdez is bringing this full circle and is going to do it for Journal Club. So we're super excited. That is Wednesday, July 13th at um, 1600 Mountain Time. So please um, be there if you're interested. Um, Then as um, Dr. Forrester mentioned, we have case review every month this week, or this time it happens to be on Wednesday, July 27th. 
um, also at 1600 Mountain Time. So two really great offerings coming up um, and we just look forward to seeing everybody there. Also, um, more information will be released soon. Our program committee is um, meeting to discuss the mid-year meeting, which um, unlovingly last year was named NOFO. Um, and it, uh, the group is starting back up again. And, um, or I should say, we've already had a couple of discussions about what that may look like and more information will be released soon. And hopefully with a new name. So sorry, Dr. Oh, I didn't realize that Sarah didn't like the name. You know, I, I, I must have totally missed that part. No-fo? You know what it sounds like? Mofo. Uh, well, we went over that. Exactly. Yeah, I exactly. mean, we went over that part. We covered exactly. that a few times. <laughs> right. Yeah, but it was, it was so good for no-go and just all these other, other ways to follow along. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well... If it ends up being in December this time, you're going to be stuck with Dofo. So I think we can just kind of retire the name in general. Oh, I like the Mono. I like Dofo. the Mono. The, the Monofo. I, I thought that was cool. Oh, we mentioned that a couple of times. Monofo. Yeah. You know, you don't yeah, like no, that. Yeah, no, let's just beat this dead horse as long as we can. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. All right. Insert horse Winnie right there. <laughs> you got to have that. Let's move on to the final stitch, everybody. Who's got something on their mind? Well, having Joe here today reminded me of a final stitch that I didn't uh, have an opportunity to talk about. And that was my, I had a wonderful visit. Uh, when I went out to see Joe, he gave me a tour of this new Stanford Hospital, Stanford University Hospital. The most expensive hospital in the world at two and a half billion dollars. Yeah. So after the foot massage in the lobby and then the five course <laughs> meal with the caviar, we went at that from the doctor's lounge he actually gave me this beautiful tour of this hospital and it is a spectacular edifice and i would recommend anybody in the vicinity to give joe a call so you can get a similar tour but very impressive and i enjoyed my day there thank you joe is everything automated there do the nurses have to do anything they just there's or is it all like little robots walking around we, there is a whole horde of robots on the bottom floor, but uh, scurrying around. <laughs> but, uh, so like, like Star Wars, like it's like the Jetsons. Yeah. That's so cool. Exactly. It's it's where you want to go if there's a big earthquake. You want to run to that yeah. hospital. It's it's designed to sway, actually not sway, shift, slide on ball bearings, three feet in any direction. Did I get that right, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, I was paying yeah, attention. I think it's like three to five feet. Yeah, I was paying attention. Well, I'll go. Um, I'm going to say goodbye for a couple of weeks. Um, I will be oh. going. I'm going to Wisconsin, back up to camp, uh, two weeks with very slow broadband, or not. I don't call it broadband. I'd call it like DSL or something. Narrow band. Narrow band. Um, so I will not be on uh, the fracture line for a couple of weeks because I I will not be able to upload my uh, my repertoire. And so I wish everyone luck. I hope everyone has a good summer. Um, I get to see three of my kids who are up in camp right now, and I'm bringing three kids with me. So all wow. the camp, this camp will have six K kids all at once, and we'll see how that works. Hopefully I'll get some help. That's Let's fantastic. <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't think we finished the um, oh, my, my, finish. My, where, yes, where was the, I at? I can't remember now. I think I think You're I missing about a daughter. Yeah, I well, think we only made a daughter it and a son. Three. I don't think we right, so finished we're, we're, the other three. So we, we hit Asher then. To... So a quick, a quick Asher because Asher actually is here right now. Asher is my seven-year-old. He is a Minecraft maniac. I don't know if any of you guys know I do Minecraft, but he is oh, yeah. very knowledgeable in Minecraft. Um, he watches tons of YouTube Minecraft videos so he can learn all the different nuances of it. Um, so he hopefully there's actually some money involved in this at some point um, because, wow, he's doing a lot of work for it. 
Um, he also does um, Ninja Warriors, so he 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 can swing like a like like Tarzan and run up a run up a wall like you wouldn't believe. And um, he's uh, just very 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 athletic, and I'm very proud of him since I am a very unathletic. That's fantastic. Um, so I'll go. <clears throat> My final stitch is about imposter syndrome, actually, and I know we've discussed imposter syndrome before. But um, I listened to a couple of running podcasts, and this last week there was an episode specifically about imposter syndrome and just, like, being okay with the, you know, the runner you are. And and I would say in this case, you know, being okay with whatever type of of human you happen to be, not not that it has to be about running. But um, I was thinking about chest wall injury surgery and the fact that really it hasn't been, you know, in full force, what, 15 years so major shift in practice for a lot of people and we're all figuring out as we go developing more science you know improving the practice and sharing it with one another and and i think it's okay to just be as be as exactly as good as you are and um so if you are a person suffering from imposter syndrome today know that i think you're good enough just as you are speaking of people with imposter syndrome my final stitch would be a shout out to all of the brand new interns who just started july 1 because i'm sure they're feeling that heat something real <laughs> yes to- totally it's a very real time for imposter syndrome that they're super prepared but but hard to feel it in that moment that is a very good segue yeah i, I just had uh you know mine, mine was just going to be about my case that i was doing yesterday and it was a tough case but I had uh, m- my help was two interns because there's some other emergencies going on. They did great. They were obviously very scared with the uh, vats and helping with camera and all this kind of stuff and doing a bronc and doing all the things that we do. And uh, I was proud of them both. So, you know, I-, I do think that as far as mentorship goes, Joe, you-, you nailed it on the head. It's it's our duty and takes a lot of patience it takes a lot of dedication and uh, i'm excited to do it as well and welcome to the interns they're doing a good job at least where i am 